Second Corinthians chapter 12, we're going to turn to another place. You could turn to Acts chapter 9, if you will. I'm going to read you a verse. You know what, let me, let me call an audible. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. You have the Gospels, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And Acts comes after Acts. Romans, there we go. I used to always get them confused. I always used to think Romans came first, then Acts. For some reason, it took years to get that out of my mind. Somebody put that in my mind, but I got it out. It was Acts and Romans, and then Corinthians. First Corinthians and Second Corinthians. Let's all stand. It's important to respect God's word, lift it up. God's word is not of this world, amen? It's the only tangible thing we have physical that God said you could have that links us to heaven. You realize that? If there's a, if, if a big golden statue came shooting down from heaven, you know what we'd do? We'd all worship it. This came down from heaven, you know what we do? We reject it. Wow, why? Because it actually came from God. Check that out, Amen. It's amazing how we are. 2 Corinthians 12, 15. The Bible says, And I will very gladly spend and be spent for you. This is Apostle Paul speaking. Though the more abundantly I love you, the less I be loved. Talk about loneliness in ministry. Pastors go through it. I look at evangelists, the cards that they give me. And one of the things that it says that an evangelist, one of their ministries is being a friend to the pastor. The more the pastor or more people in ministry give their heart, the less, the less they feel loved and the less friends they have. And as Paul says, he said, I'm going to, I will very gladly, he said, very gladly spend and be spent for you. Though the more abundantly I love you, the less I be loved. But he was willing to do it. He's willing to do it. All right, let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Help us to honor, respect your word, and love it. Lord, and the only way to do that is to read it. Standing, Lord, for your word is a start, but Lord, getting up in the morning to read your word, is that's, that's where it really starts, Lord. I pray, Lord, we'll do that. Give us grace to do that. It's not of our flesh. We, we don't want to do it. But Lord, if you give us grace and the desire to do it, maybe uh, we stopped reading our Bibles, we can start again. Lord, as long as the sun comes up in the morning, Lord, we have that new mercy, new chance. I pray you help us all, Lord, as your children. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 You may be seated. Paul says, I will very gladly spend and be spent for you. Now, the Corinthian church it's beautiful how God wrote his word, amen? I don't like to say, you know, back in Bible times. I don't like that because we are in Bible times. Did you know that? We are in the last days. And if there's ever more of Bible time, we are in it. And that we, are, we are in Bible times, amen? And uh, that's, that's just it. 
But the Corinthian church, they had an abundant amount of problems. Now, that's welcome to church. I know people who, they'll leave one church and go to another because they're, they're going to run from their problems they're having here. And, and then they go to the other one, right? And what happens right after that? They wind up leaving that church. And they'll jump to another one. And another one, another one. Now, God does move. But if you're trying to run from problems or from other people, you're going to find out that the problem is with you. How many has ever met somebody that moved to Florida to escape problems, right? Or another state, right? We, many, many, I know several people. And what happens five years later? They want to move back. They find out there's problems down there also. And we try to run from problems, but the problem is with us. And this church, the Corinthian church, they had an abundance of problems. But Paul, Paul didn't say, you know, to be done with you. You're done. You're, he said your doctrine's messed up. You guys got perversion going on in that church. Uh, it, everything is, 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 is very bad. But I'm going to spend some time on you, help build you up to be where you ought to be in Christ. Paul says here, I will very gladly spend and be spent for you. There was a pastor, um, older pastor, when I became a pastor, his words of wisdom for me. He said, do only what you get paid to do. I said, well, I don't get paid anything. <laughs> so what's my way out? No, that's, that was bad words of wisdom, amen? This is for the Lord. The Bible says, I will very gladly spend and be spent for you. My sacrifice as a person is for God. The Bible says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. It's the least we could do for God, who gave himself for us. It's the least we could do for God to read our Bibles, who, who bought your own soul with his blood. That's the least we can do for God is to, uh, on, on his day, not Sunday, the Lord's day today, amen? The Lord's day, which we call Sunday, the first day of the week, it's at least we could do for God is to come into the house of God to meet with the fellowship and fellowship with the believers. That's the least we could do. The least we could do, and people find it hard to do. The Lord went through with it on the cross for us. He thought of you. I like that, Brother Robbie. We put him there on that cross. My sin put him there. It did. But he did it for love. He did it out of love. He, he did it for you. The Bible says it was, it was a shameful thing, but he did it for you. did it out of love. And we put him there on that cross. Our sin put him there. Paul said, I will gladly spend and be spent for you. Spend means to give all your assets, to give what you have, what belongs to you, whether it's your money or your, 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 your time, your home. Spend it. Spend it for God. Use it for God. You use it for this world. This world doesn't care about you. 
Let me tell you this. Your job, the company you work for, doesn't care about you. They don't. If you stop performing, you're done. Amen? We as a sheep, if we go astray, God leaves his 99, comes looking for you. And does all that he can. Brings you back, puts you on his shoulder and carries you and nurtures you to be able to stand again. And spends the time and has dedicated his eternal time and has made a promise, a solemn vow, that no matter what, he will never leave you. No matter what you do, no matter how many times you turn your back on him, no matter how many times you fall, he's never going to leave you or forsake you. This world doesn't care about you. Spend. Spend for God. Paul said, I would gladly spend. Spend for God. Give yourself to God. Give what you have to God. Give your home to God. You ought to have a welcoming home. You ought to have a godly home. You ought to have a home that that invites people in when they come in. I'm not saying it has to look fancy. I'm just saying how you live at home. Be ready always to have a godly home. Spend. Spend your time. Don't, the Bible says don't forget to entertain strangers. No, you're not. You, you may entertain angels unaware. Amen? Give what you have for God. Spend it. Paul says, I will be spent for you. We worry about running out our life for others. Being in Philadelphia, people will take advantage of you. They step all over you, right? And I'm not talking about casting your pearls before a swine. There's there's people that you ought not to be helping. That's why God created the church here, church family. It's our safe haven, amen? Ministries we do through the church and, 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 and together, to back up each other. You ought not to be trying to do things on your own. Try to do it all together as a church family. Amen? I don't do things on my own in my household. I don't pull up with a, a brand new Mercedes one day. Jesse said, where do you get that? I just got it. What's it to you? It's my car. No. We do things as a family. Amen? What happens, that'll create division in my home. And the devil wants to single people out here as in a flock. And if he can get, uh, if a herd sticks together, the lion can't get him. But um, if he can single out one, chase away all the others and just get one, he can get him. He can get him. Amen. Stay together as a church. Stick together. Pray together. You got ideas. Uh, don't, don't let them go. The devil, the, the devil would take those things from you, but God wants to use you. People come up with me and say, Pastor, what do you think of this? I th- that's a great idea. Just wait it out. Pray. Let God nurture that idea and, and, and uh, grow you to perform what his will is for you in the future. You don't know what ministries this church can, can uh, do for God, and, and, and you can be involved with it as God may raise you up to perform those things for the Lord. Paul said, I'll, I'll gladly spend and be spent for you. I'll do it. And he knew the cost. 
He knew it was going to create loneliness in his heart, emptiness, but the price was worth it. Getting people to Christ, getting people encouraged. Somebody has to sacrifice. Somebody has to stop the vicious cycle of life. Somebody has to do something for this generation. Somebody has to give for this generation. Christ gave himself for us, and we need to give for others. We need to do it so others can know Christ also. In Acts chapter 9, I want to introduce you to Paul. Paul's name used to be Saul. Now, when anyone changes their name, you know they had some issues in the past. Right? There were some issues. Oh, my name, my name is Phil. It used to be Joe, though. Well, what happened? I don't want to talk about it. God, God had to change Saul's name. When people heard this name, they, it sent chills in their spine. Saul was, he was young, energetic, and he was vicious, man. But he, the Bible, as we just read in Timothy, he did it out of ignorance. He thought he was doing God service because he was raised up by the chief priests in religion. But the Jewish religion, listen, the Jewish religion is not the Old Testament. It's nothing but traditions and books that they've gathered from the time in Babylon and, and through the ages. Because if they read the Old Testament, they'll, they'll clearly see the Lord Jesus Christ. It's on every page. They'll clearly see in Isaiah 53, who hath believed our report? They'll clearly see that it's the Lord Jesus Christ. If, if they believe the writings of Daniel and Jeremiah and Zechariah and Isaiah, it's right there. But they don't want to read that. Oh, they claim, but no, they give us the traditions of our fathers. Give us the books of our fathers. Don't give us the word of God. They'll nitpick here and there, but there's things they don't want to read. They don't want to read Isaiah 53. No, they can't explain why. Just like uh, the Ethiopian eunuch. God had him lay eyes on that page. And he said, man, who's this they're talking about? And Stephen, or Philip said, that's Christ. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. Saul, Acts chapter 9, verse 1, the Bible says, And Saul yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord. Went unto the high priest. See, this was Saul. He, he was stirring up himself to do more and more. He's seen a cycle. He's seen a people raising up. Lives being changed. And these people, they had smiles on their faces. They weren't supposed to be uh, uh, giving out the gospel and handing out tiny shoes tracks and, and, uh, and the chick tracks and all the other tracks back there. And they weren't supposed to be doing those things in, in Israel. But, man, you can't stop people who truly get saved. It burns within you, and you have to share the Lord Jesus Christ. You get Christians that are, are in their Bibles and come into church they start getting cleaned up automatically. I talk to people and they'll say, oh, well, Pastor, I can't come to church because I'm dealing with some things in my life first. And, and maybe after that, I'll, I'll, I'll be able to make it. You got the wrong order. You got the wrong order. This world has the wrong order. Amen. The whole world has the wrong order. The order of Christ, though, is perfect. When you get a Christian who gets saved. 
receives Christ as their Savior, that's when the Holy Spirit comes in. They come to church, they get baptized, like we had last week, Johnny's wife. And after that, they start growing in the Word of God. God gives them grace to read the Bible. God gives them grace to pray. God gives them grace to come to church. And they start walking with the Lord. Little by little, their desires start changing because they're falling in love with Christ. When you fall in love with somebody, you start wanting to do what they do. You start craving their presence. You start wanting to be around them. You start wanting more and more of them. And that's the problem. We just need the empty pews are a result of people not wanting Christ, not wanting his presence, not wanting his fellowship. And we just need to get back to old-fashioned love, loving the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, and mind. And Jesus said, if you love me, you're, just, you're going to keep my commandments. You're going to do what I want you to do. This man saw, he thought he was doing God's will, but he wasn't. He was following traditions. He was following the chief priests, the high priests, and their will. Verse 2, he desired letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, and if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound into Jerusalem. Now, if there's any, any guy that could hurt a woman, that, that man's in bad shape. There ought to be a soft spot for somebody more tender, women and children. Any strong man, you, you, they, they see a woman getting hurt or a child getting hurt. That's how bad a shape Paul was in here. He wasn't just going after the guys now. He was going after men and women. You go after the women, too. You're going after the kids. You're going to make kids motherless and fatherless. And these were good Christian families. Christian homes that Paul now was going after. Verse 3. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. God had enough. God said, no more. You keep messing with God's children. You mess with the children, you're going to mess with the Father. Amen? And God came roaring out. He said, enough with this. Enough with this. And the Bible says, saw a big light. Saul saw a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth, verse 4, and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Paul was hitting roadblocks. Every time Paul went to do uh, his traditions, every time Paul went to the synagogues for, his, uh, for the Sabbath reading, every time Paul went about uh, the traditions in Israel, he was never filled. There was an emptiness. There was a void always there. So he, he went out and tried to uh, uh, do more for the high priest. Well, let's, let's stop these heretics because they're destroying Israel. They're destroying our Jewish faith. It was actually the other way around. 
the true Jewish faith was the Christians waiting for the Messiah, and the Messiah had come. The ones who were destroying the faith were the high priests. That's how deceived they were. They had missed the Messiah. They had uh, uh, sold him to Pilate for 30 pieces of silver to Judas. You know, Judas was the son of a Pharisee. Grew up in a Pharisee home. Sold the Messiah out. We just read the verse, 1 Timothy 3.16. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. God became flesh for you and me. He wasn't just a spirit form. Amen? God was born flesh. God was born flesh. God was manifest flesh. Manifest means made known as flesh. A person. Isaiah 53 tells us there was no, nothing special when you look at him. He was a simple carpenter, a simple guy. Simple. They were looking for a king to roll in on a, a white stallion. But instead, they found one riding on a donkey coming to his temple, the second temple that was built, coming to his own temple. The children throwing palm branches and singing, Hosanna, he has come, Hosanna, he has come. But he was rejected. He was despised and rejected. And the Bible says, he came unto his own, but his own received him not. But as many as did receive him, to them gave he power. To become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. The ones that were deceived were the high priest. The one that was deceived was Paul. The ones that had it backwards were them. Not the Christian. They were called Christians first at Antioch. Amen? And we're talking about all Jews here. Jewish people. That were waiting for the Messiah. You had many that were waiting. You had many that believed. Thousands were getting saved and added to the church daily. Thousands of Jews. Saul rose up and said, I'm, I'm going to stop this. I'm going to stop this. Stop what, Saul? You're deceived. This is God's work. This is what's been prophesied through the whole Old Testament. What book have you been reading, Saul? Who have you been listening to, Saul? God stopped him right on his tracks. Jesus said, you can only work against me so long. How long are you going to work against me, Saul? He's seen a light from heaven, the Bible says, that brought him to his knees. He said, well, if I seen a light too, I'd probably, you know, believe. No, you wouldn't. You know, the Bible says we have a more sure word of prophecy today. Something more sure. A, the, the, the light that rises up, riseth up in our hearts. You ever see the light in your heart? You ever hear the preaching of God or, or, or read the word of God and that light bulb goes on in your heart? The Holy Spirit just slaps you on your head and you go, 
Wow. Something in here is more real than something you see. You know that? What type of relationship would you want? One of these or one of these? What type of person are you? One of these or one of these? God works with this. And that's where the light comes in. Paul's seen a light in the sky, but he still had to receive it in here. Jesus said, though they see one raised from the dead, still they would not believe. Sight does nothing for your faith. It actually hurts it. Because faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Paul's seen the light. Remember when you seen the light in your heart? Remember? And you received it? Things started making sense. Who art thou? I'm Jesus. Jesus, we put him on the cross. Jesus, his body was robbed from the tomb. They, his disciples took it. No, no. That's what they told you. That's what they told you. No, I'm Jesus. I'm the one from Isaiah 9, 6. I'm the one that met Abraham. I'm the one throughout the Old Testament. I'm the rock in the wilderness. I'm the one that they, Moses hit and water came out. And when I was on the cross, they put the spear in me and water came out. I'm the one in Ezekiel who's the river flows from my throne and it's never ending. I'm that one, Paul. I'm Jesus. Paul, it's very hard for you to continue on your way. The hardest life to live is a life without Christ. But Harder than that is a religious life without Christ. Because a religious life without Christ is a person who will never enjoy the, the vileness of this world, if you can say that, and truly never understand the Lord Jesus Christ or know him. But they're in the middle, and they are left with nothing in this world and nothing in the end. That's what the life Paul was living until he met Christ. Verse 4, he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? He heard the word of God. He said, well, I heard a, if I heard a voice from heaven too, I would... You ever hear God speak to your heart? You ever feel the light turn in? Turn on in your heart, and you heard God's word come into your heart. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two edged sword, piercing to dividing asunder soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. It cuts right to the heart. Paul, in this time, wouldn't even be able to distinguish the difference 
whether he heard a voice with his ear or he heard it with his heart, whether he heard or seen the light with his eyes or seen the light in his soul. Because it didn't matter at that point. When God gets a hold of a person and he's ready to finally change the name and fill the void and take away the emptiness, what does this world matter? What does what you see matter? What does what you have matter when you got Christ? Paul met the Lord Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus. And his whole world turned upside down. Or was it the other way around? I think his world was upside down. But this is when he started to live. The first verse we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 is this same guy. He went from murder He went from persecuting good Christian families and people that will go the extra mile for you. People that if you persecute it, they'll turn and bless you. That if you stole, they'll help you load your vehicle with their own stuff. Hey, let me help you with that. Christians that have been set apart from in this world, but yet still live here. Paul was killing them and persecuting. Then he met Christ. In verse 15 of 2 Corinthians 12, he says, I will very gladly spend to be spent for you. Wow. What a turnaround of spirit. What a turnaround of heart because Christ got a hold of him. And when you read Paul's letters, it's all about him giving his life, with all that he has for the Lord Jesus Christ, without holding anything back because he received a new name. Do you remember when you met the Lord on your road to Damascus? Do you remember when the light shined and broke forth in your life and you met Christ and you heard the voice of God in your heart? Something so powerful that's not of this world. And you received them. What, and we'll close. What amazes me more than all of that. Paul, in the next chapter, goes to the church. And the people that Paul probably persecuted Probably women, like, hey, that's, that's the man that killed my husband. Hey, that, that's, that's the guy that killed my wife. Hey, he's the reason why. No. The Bible says they forgave him and brought him in. That's the power of forgiveness. To be able to forgive somebody. They didn't say, oh, now you want to do this. Ever heard that before? Husband and wife. 
Oh, now you want to help. You got an unforgiving heart. You've been holding something in. Oh, now you want to clean that up. There's no better time than now. Oh, now he wants to stop killing us. No, they didn't say that at all. They received them, forgave them. And in return, they got a man that could turn around and say, I will, be, I will spend and gladly be spent for you. This man that you forgave is giving you everything. Even to the end, the more I love, the less I'm going to be loved. But I'll do it anyway. The power of love and forgiveness for others as Christ had for you. Do you remember when Christ? Christ's light broke forth into your dark heart? Do you remember when the word of God and you heard the word of God and pierced your heart and it it drove you to have to make a decision for God? Maybe give up some sin or give up some things in this world or, or do something for God more so you can get more of him. Do you remember that? Would you remind yourself, would you stir that up? Would you allow God to use you today? Would you spend for God? Would you be spent for God? So that you could help God help others. Let's pray. Father, Lord, we are your people. We're Christians. We're followers of Christ. And I pray, Lord, as you used Paul, you gave him a new name. Lord, you gave us a new name. Our name's now written in the book of life, the Lamb's book of life. And I pray, oh God, that you will remind us of our course set before us and you will remind us of, of, Lord, that you have a will for us to live and walk. But, oh God, we need your grace and help. And I pray, Lord, you'll remind us of the light that broke forth through our dark hearts that you'll speak again, O God, in our hearts the word of God and allow us, Lord, to make a decision. Let's all stand. If God spoke to your heart and you need to make a decision for God today, maybe you have somebody you need to forgive and receive so that you can have someone greater for you in the end. Maybe you have a family member that needs the hand of God in their life. Would you forgive them? Maybe a father that's not been there for you or a mother. Would you forgive her? Maybe you'll have a greater one in the end.
got a new name. You don't have to be stuck. steadfast hope and my will be lost in thine draw me nearer nearer blessed Lord to the cross where thou hast died draw me nearer 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 blessed Lord to thy precious God in heaven, we thank you, O Lord. Lord, you didn't come down and, and strike Paul dead. You spoke with him. You helped him. Lord, you allowed your light to shine forth in his heart. And you gave him the, the option, O God, to receive you, and he did. Lord, the next biggest thing was his, the brothers and sisters receiving him. And they did. They forgave him. And Lord, Paul gave the rest of his days to you. I pray, O oh God, that we will do the same. Lord, you'll help us all to give of ourselves, to spend and be spent for you. There's no greater life to live than a life lived for Christ. This world, Lord, is empty. I pray, O oh God, you'll keep us through the week and bless our way. Lord, help us to stay from sin and Lord, help us to not fall into uh, our lust and temptation. Uh, keep us from evil, Lord. I pray you bless our walk. Or help us to live for you in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless you. And uh, make sure you wish everybody a happy birthday. This is his birthday. And uh, don't forget the offering. Brother Paul will have the offering on the way out also. And Lord willing, we'll see you Wednesday. Amen. Amen. God bless you.